The anonymous landlord is more than just making profit from property. It's a system of automation and a strategy which will shape the way you invest in property forever. It's a quality of life, it's a way of life. It's a business mindset. The anonymous landlord will make loads of money from property and continue to grow wealth and assets without giving up time or energy or life. Because what's the point in making a load of money from property if you've got no time or energy to enjoy it? My name's Tom Sone, and this is The Anonymous Landlord. Hi, this is Tom Sone, and welcome to another episode of The Anonymous Landlord. And today, I am joined by a world-exclusive Yes, you heard that right. A world exclusive. I have never interviewed another property investment guy from my home city of Portsmouth. So I'm really chuffed that I've linked up with Paul Wilkinson today to talk about rent to rent. And Paul's going to share his ideas on rent to rent strategies, his opinions on how you can do it and so on and so on and so on. So I'm very pleased that Paul has taken some time out from his extremely busy schedule to give us all some advice on actual rent to rent. So thank you very much for joining me, Paul. It's okay, no problem, pleasure to be here. <laughs> Good man. So today we're gonna to talk through a few things. We're gonna start off with talking about rent to rent and company lets, which can be a bit of a, a swear word in the property industry, but, Paul's going to give you a bit of a different way of thinking about company lets and things to watch out for and things to go for with company lets. Paul's also going to talk about how he got into property investing himself and rent to rent as well. And also the key dealing with estate agents and letting agents and how to manage the rejection, how to keep your mindset in the right place and what sort of attitude traits you can employ in order to be able to get this job right. We'll also talk through risks and rewards and pros and cons and things to look out for and, and so on like that. And we're gonna finish up with Paul's advice on how you can get into property investing. You can start with rent to rent, which actually is one of those strategies where you don't actually need a whole ton of cash from day one. You Hey, it helps if you've got a ton of cash day one, but you don't need it, right, Paul? 100%, yeah. Um, I'm happy to share with how we we furnished, decorated. Um, on the, the first thing I ever did was a property flip and the first two rent-to-rent -rent HMOs that we took on, we didn't use any of our own money. Brilliant. All right, well, we're really going to get into it then. So let's start off, and thank you again for joining me, mate. So let's start off, uh, in your own words, what is rent-to-rent -rent and what is company let? Okay, perfect. So rent to rent for me, um, it, it depends on where you are in your property journey, if, if you want to get into property. But for me, it like you just mentioned there that it, it was an easy access into property investment without having to use big amounts of cash. So especially if you live down south where we live, if you need a 25% deposit, you're talking 40, 50, 60,000 pounds straight away. Um, and then that's to make probably three to five hundred pound a month on like a BRR. So buy, refurb, refinance um, once you've rented it out as a buy to let. However, if you don't have that sort of cash, 
you can, if you find the right rent to rent HMO or serviced accommodation, you can get one up and running and cash flowing for you very fast inside four weeks. And you only really need, uh, you can do it in max 5K, but you can probably do it in one to 3,000, depending on what the property looks like inside. And like I say, there, there are strategies that you can use that you don't actually have to use your money so people call it opm so other people's money whether that's the bank's money or a jv investor or money from your mom or something like that then it's just a great way to get in there and that's exactly exactly what we did when we started and like i say it can build fast cash flow from like 700 to over a thousand pound a month if, if you if, if you do the strategy correctly yeah, I love that. And it's it's becoming quite popular, I think, because people are realizing that they need to start investing money. They need to start making more money on top of their income and to provide some sort of future for family or pension or retirement, mm -hmm. whatever it may be. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I like it. It's a, it's a good strategy if done right, isn't it? A hundred percent. Like this, any business, though, like if it's done wrong, then you're not it's not going to be profitable and if you're not making profit it all of a sudden it's not a strategy it's not an investment it's a hobby so you're doing this podcast i don't know if you have adverts or anything like that but if exactly so this is more of a hobby because you probably aren't making money from it but there's no point in starting any business like what's your end goal if you're not going to make money from it and to be honest same as a letting agent, if you don't make money from it, you can't guarantee the rent, you can't provide the service. So if you don't do it right, you're not going to be there for very long. And that's probably why company let does have a bad name to a lot of agents, because people don't do it right. They offer way too much rent. All of a sudden, they've got one room empty, they can't afford it, and then they go bust. And it's really, it really is a business mentality, isn't it? You've really got to look yeah. after your expenditure. And you've got 100%. to make profit, otherwise you don't have a business. And it's like it's like a lot of property investing, really, isn't it? Because the only thing really that should change is your offer, is the amount you you either buy that property for or rent that property for, right? Yeah. So similar to every strategy is the end goal. So in most strategies, you make your money on your exit, not your entry. So if you can see what you're going to potentially get once you've paid the landlord, paid your bills, paid your Wi-Fi, paid your cleaner, what am I left with? Okay, great. And then that, that end result tells you what you can offer. Don't offer and then work it out. Work it out and then offer. So like reverse engineer it. Otherwise, like there's always things that you just don't foresee, especially when you take something on like, some damp as you know in Portsmouth a lot of these terrace houses in South Sea under the front bay window always condensation always yeah. damp and that's something that you just learn as you're doing it so there's always things that you have to look out for but you can't foresee everything but you have to do your best to know that like I say the end result to then that will give you your figure that you can offer and you have to go by mass not by emotion so if it's got nice curtains and an ensuite don't offer that over the asking price because it looks great you have to go by your numbers yeah that's really sound advice and i think you know what a lot of people you'll probably know these these sorts of people that they'll go in they'll like the property and they'll just offer and offer and offer and they'll keep 
increasing their offer and increasing their offer just to get the deal. And then they get the yeah. deal and they pay too much. And then that's yeah. it. And that's, and that to me also, that will come down to your fault and the landlord because can you raise it? Can you raise it? Oh, I've got another company that's offered. I don't know if you're telling the truth. We're all negotiating. And it just comes down to taking the emotion out because I've trained a lot of people and everybody that I see, like people are now making 400, 500 pound a month profit when all the rooms are full on a rent to rent HMO. And then I'm saying, whoa, that's way too low. One room empty. So you want to be aiming for like 750 to a thousand pound, but it's harder to get the deal because you're getting undercut or they're offering more than you. However, a lot of people that I've seen, they're just doing it. Like you say, to do a Facebook post, Hey, look how well I'm doing. However, it's a business. So you, you just have to be really, really careful and, and just take emotion out of it. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um, yeah, really good advice there, mate. Thank you very much. And, and we'll talk about company lets now because that seems to be a bit of a muddy word in some circles. However, I'd like to get your opinion on that. Yeah, so I fully understand and Listen, if you're going to get into this game and if you source deals yourself, which you don't have to, you can find people like me to find them for you. However, if you're going to sit there and source deals, especially through an agent, there is so much competition. There's so many massive training companies that have just seems like they've taught the whole of England. So there's that you're getting a lot of people that are starting up. They don't know what to say. They get nervous on the phone and then these agents are getting bombarded every single day with the same spill, the same speech of would they be open to a long-term company let? How long have you been going for? So um, to me that, that has made the, it's tarnished the name of a company let because you, at the end of the day, you're going to get a bad tenant. You could put a family in a house and they could smash the place. They could start growing weed, stop paying rent. So, nothing's perfect nothing's a given in property nothing's guaranteed however because there's so many people starting out fresh and they don't know what they're doing they do get emotional I understand that the agents are just so annoyed of the amount of calls that they get and I can see it from both both points of view however some agents are quite rude um, they try and make you feel like they belittle you. Is this subletting? You should not be doing this. This is against the law. Like it's not. Like so, yeah. I, I can see why it's got a bad name. However, not everybody is a uh, um, the same. So there are good company lets out there, and I believe that it can be a win-win for the agent, a win-win for the owner, and a win-win for the tenants, and a win-win for us. We, like, we can all win. It's just about knowing what you're doing again. <laughs> Yeah, and getting the balance right, isn't it? As, every, as long as everybody's making profit, then everybody wins. Yeah, and if, if you deliver on your product, first of all, you, you have to have a good product. And don't say you're going to get it clean. Don't say you're going to put professional working tenants in there. If you're going to put um, uh, not professional working tenants, um, I don't know, students, DSS, don't say you're going to reference everyone. Make sure you know how to reference people. Like, do they have a right to rent in the UK? Are you using the right contracts that you're supposed to be using? Um, number one, are you signed up to all the legislations that you need? So it's the same as an agent. So you've got your 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 AML, your your public liability, 
um, indemnity, you've got your ICO, you're a member of the property ombudsman or, or the property redress scheme. So you have to start from a great foundation. And if you don't have that or you can't afford it, don't do it. That's a really good point. And I think a lot of people miss that. And, and agents probably miss that as well. If they're going to rent out to a company as a company let, uh, like a rent to rent strategy or someone who's doing a rent to rent strategy, and that mm -hmm. person effectively, it's not subletting, it's sub managing, isn't it? So yeah. they have to have the same management. Um, there's, there's the same management compliance for that, right? Exactly. We have to have the same, everything that you guys have, we have to have it too. Yeah. And if it, it, that's down to you guys and the landlords to do the due diligence on that company and then, and then go from there. And you can offer things like personal guarantors and every agent's different. So sometimes that being a UK homeowner will get you through. Sometimes you have to earn a certain amount, have a certain amount in savings. We don't know until we're speaking to the agent. So, mm. yeah, it's just about being transparent, I guess, and yeah. trying your best and delivering on what you say you're going to deliver. Yeah, it really is. And, and you know, what, what we're really talking about, um, just to catch everyone up, is that what you effectively do is you uh, offer an owner of a property a set rent. You guarantee that rent for a period of time. And then you then rent it out and manage that property for the landlord and you yeah. make the profit. The landlord gets their profit. You make your profit in the up and uh, the marking up of the rent. And then you manage that property for them. Yeah, um, I'd say the most of the most of the risk is on that company. Let I know the landlord's got a risk that the company might be terrible. However, that company let might will have to keep five, six, seven rooms full for as long as they can. And if they don't, like on a rent to rent strategy, you, most of the time you're looking at your last 1.5 to two rooms for your profit. So if you've got a five bed home uh, property, so like let's say for instance, the one that I'm running in Sandring and Rome is a five bed, it's coming to the end of the three year contract. I can't believe how quick it's gone, to be honest. That was my first ever one. Um, always full. However, a lot of people will be banking on having the last room full because they've they've over leveraged and then that's when they'll start to struggle because if say like during covid like the what like everyone struggled through covid so if you've got one room empty and you're constantly having to pay them the, the landlord out of your own money then you have to have this in mind that you, you're not going to have constant 100 occupancy but if you're making 400 pound a month in it you need that to make money so there it just comes back to um knowing what you're doing i guess yeah and then now we're back to basic business aren't we you've got to look after your cash flow you've got to protect yourself against the risks and you've got to you know you, you can't just go spending all your money because <laughs> you might yeah. need it you have to have some sort of backup if you're going to have one room empty for a whole year then you need to be able to cover that yeah 100 i'd say it's better to have no deals than a bad deal it's better to have no tenants than a bad tenant go slow. Um, I didn't do that. I went mental on it for about eight months and just ended up with about seven or eight and was like, how's this happened? Like in the blink of an eye. And then that's how I quit my job and then was doing this full time now. So I was sat in the office. However, I know what I do different now. There's no way I would have taken on this first, the first property, the amount of work that I actually did. Like the landlord must have been absolutely loving it it was a it was a dump and i took it and i made it into a palace as best as i could in a way but yeah okay so, yeah. 
So let's let's start out with yours. Let's let's go through your story now. What did you do for work before you got into property? Um, mechanical engineer. I used to build satellites for space. Wow. Yeah, I, I've got, I've worked abroad a lot. My initials PW is orbiting planet Mars, which is quite cool. Wow. Yeah, not many people can say that, right? <laughs> Very interesting. So, what made you leave that comfort of that role? and probably a good income to going into property? What prompted it? Um, honestly, I think I'm built to be an entrepreneur. Like, it's not for everyone. I don't know anything more stressful than trying to build a business, having a wife. I don't have kids yet, but I think it's one of the most stressful things you can actually do. Like, I've got more stress now than um, what I was when I was just going to and from work. However... I don't have to go to and from work. So I don't have to clock in, don't have to clock out. Um, I probably work more hours now, but I want to. It's what I'm trying to do. And yeah, I, I've, I have massive goals. I want to be, I want to get to a millionaire status. I want to have a lot of property. I want that lifestyle. I want the house. And I, I have it so deep engraved in me. And I, I just, I love it. Um, I, I don't, it doesn't, I wouldn't say it doesn't feel like work for me. However, I don't feel like when I was going to and from work, clocking in and out, you're hanging out with people that you don't want to be with. You're licking your boss's ass because you have to. There's none of that now. So yeah, I just, I'm built for it. That's how, generally how I feel. I love it. I love learning as well. Learning's amazing. Yeah. It's nice to hear as well. I mean, you, you said earlier on about doing this podcast and, yeah, it's kind of a hobby, but it's a means to an end as well in that by doing this podcast. So I'm a property broker um, as well as a letting agent and um, a business owner. So generally speaking, I do this podcast and it attracts a lot of people that want to invest in property. So people mm -hmm. want to find good property deals. And I'm also linked with a ton of sourcing agents and letting agents and estate agents around the country. So I do this podcast for fun. It's I, I enjoy talking to people. Um, it's a bit of a show as well, isn't it? Put on a bit of a yeah. show. You um, probably get trickled down revenue, I would have thought, as well. So exactly you might be able right, to create, yeah. create relationships, etc. And I thought it was amazing. I couldn't believe it when Hayden, is it Hayden? It is Hayden, yeah. isn't it? Because I was trying to get um, something on a purchase lease option. And that's another thing that you can move on to from rent to rent. Mm. Um, and yeah, when, when I got the email saying, do you want to come on a podcast? what so i've done a snapshot and posted about it on my facebook it's like this is cool and i was like i'm no, gonna I stick mean, up to rent to rent i'm gonna change everyone's mind so yeah, yeah. well it's fun for me and and you know my philosophy is that um everybody that listens to this or watches my videos or anything like that um if you're going to be a customer of mine then great then cool we'll work together if you're not then I at least want to make sure that people are getting it right by getting people like you on that know their shit and can talk through advice and opinions and things to look out for and things to, to look for. Um, so that people that aren't my customers and I don't work with every day get this stuff right because there's a lot of pitfalls. But anyway, we veered off topic there. I want to get back to, uh, to your story. So you're a mechanical engineer. Your initials are floating around Mars right now, which is amazing. You then took this entrepreneurial spirit and you dived into a property business. Um, how did you get started with your first property deals? Where did you find them? What money did you um, use? So the first thing I did was 
I tried to educate myself. So I was listening. I'm a massive fan of audio books because number one, I'm not the best reader. Number two, it would take me a year to finish one book. The only time I read is when I'm on holiday. So I'm a big fan of audio books. So just turning my car into a library. So listening to everything. So the first guy that I started really listening to a lot was Rob Moore. And it just blew my mind with the things that he was saying to do, not with just property, but leveraging your time and um, earning while you're learning. And if you're walking your dog, you can still be learning. It was just great. And I just fell in love with like, this is immense. What's a virtual assistant? What you can pay someone in the Philippines to do a lot of admin work for you. So I was like, this, this quality, Tim Ferriss was another one. Um, and then um, I paid somebody for day training on rent to rent HMO. Um, which was fantastic and then he mentored me I, I when I first got on the phones I was awful I was nervous um, I didn't know what I was doing really but I was just just kept kept on doing it and um, kept going for no there's a good audio book on that as well so the more no's you're going to get there's a yes come in and then I sent out a load of letters and then somebody called me uh, that was my first one three weeks after my training that was um then I was still working at the time. So I changed my shift from two in the afternoon to 10 p.m. at night. So I'd get up in the morning, go and decorate, go to work, paint it all over me. Because another thing that I've learned was when you're first starting out, you think, oh, I'll decorate myself. I'll sit there and build the furniture because it saves time, saves money. However, you're probably better off paying someone do it to do it. And then you find tenants because that's how you make the money. So it's just about leveraging your time. But you don't see that until you become that entrepreneur and you, you start to think, where am I spending my time? Who am I spending my time with? Like, there's so much to it. And that's, again, why I just love being this entrepreneur. Like, I just love it. But that's how I started. I paid someone. And I think paying someone, especially if they're good, it will it, mentoring collapses timeframes, in my opinion. And I've paid for education. I've paid for mentors. And every time I feel like I'm at a level that I want to be, I'm looking for someone to that I can actually pay. I want to give my money away to somebody that I believe is better than me. Whereas a lot of people are like, oh, 2000 pound, that's a lot of money. Well, don't, <laughs> don't get involved then. So, yeah. yeah. Well, you're really getting into the whole anonymous landlord mentality there. It's, it's not just about, oh, let someone else do it. It's about who's better to do this job than me. Yeah. What can I do? Like, for example, just managing a property. If you manage your own property on your own, what parts of that management can somebody else do so that yeah. I can focus on the money generating stuff? Yeah. So that's as massive. Again, what Rob Moore's on about is like income generating tasks. So what's my IGT? What can I do first? And then when you've got a massive list and you're feeling overwhelmed, you start to think, right, who can I get to do this rather than how can I do this? Um, number one, why would you want to manage tenants to start? Like I, I never, I learned that fast when we had three properties, 15 tenants. I was like, oh, I'm not doing this. <laughs> I'm not, oh, my tap's leaking, whatever. So <laughs> outsource. So then I started paying someone to manage the portfolio for me because I just didn't want to deal with that. I, I'm, I, I don't know if you've ever done your wealth dynamics. It's like 50 quid online, but it's so good that mm. I came out as something called a creator and I'm great. Like when I'm walking my dog or driving, I hear something like an audiobook, and then on my mind starts creating like how it can affect me. Um, I start picturing stuff. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I haven't listened to the last half an hour of this book. So I'm going back. And if I'm building furniture and decorating, my mind's not being creative and that's what I'm good at. So that that's, that's really why I, I started to learn 
like I'd rather pay somebody and then try and go on to the next deal or find these tenants because it's income generating. Well, you're in you're in good company, mate, because Rob Moore has been on this podcast as well. I did the interview. Yeah, did an wow. interview with him and uh, hopefully gonna, I've got um, another interview hopefully coming up soon with Mark Homer and hopefully another one with Rob Moore as well, where we're going to be talking about becoming an anonymous landlord, leveraging your time, yeah. income generating tasks and so on. So you're in good company. And also, um, uh you know, there's been quite a few people on here now, but everyone who is making it and doing well, they all started out fumbling. Right? That's what you do. You sort of fiddle around. <laughs> yeah. And some, a lot of people will fumble around and never pull the trigger and always sit on the fence. And that's the difference. And some people need that push, that, that fear. Because when I signed our first deal, I signed it, it's done, right, cool. And then I woke up about 3 a.m. in the morning. I woke my wife up and was just like, am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Yeah. yeah. So then wow. I was just like, I woke her up and I was like, fuck, we've just signed up to like £1,150 every single month. What if we can't fill it? What if we can't do this? Just literally the fear running through you. And then there's nothing you can do. So people will say to ignore it, but you can't. It's there. It's an emotion. You just got to ride through it and then just wake up the next day and try and control what you can control. So then it's, it might work out. It might not, but you've done your best. So just, just, just get on with it. But yeah. And that's, and that's you. That was uh, you committing to a landlord that I will pay you 1,150 yeah. pounds a month. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, um, how many months could I have gone without filling it? Not that many. I managed to get the first four weeks went free, which is great. However, it's still fear and it turns out it was the fastest we've ever filled a five bed HMO which is 12 days but I think that's probably because I was like right I'm doing everything possible <laughs> um and now now I'll probably be a bit more lazy with it like that nah, be fine don't worry about it so um yeah uh, the fear that's mass and that stops people well in a second I'm gonna get I'm gonna get some advice off you for anybody that wants to get into property investing and um, look, we could we could spend hours talking through all the training that you can do with you and uh, be interested to get your views on that as well. But we'll get some first steps. But before we do that, could you give me an idea of how you can deal with agents? Because obviously you're going to get a lot of your deals from agents. How can you get them? Uh, you have to know what to say. So um you... <laughs> scripting I, I i can see how it works um and a lot of people will say that scripts are it sounds like you're reading from a script right but then if you look at any movie ever made they're all scripted but they're good at it so it doesn't sound like a script so let's say that i'm calling you and i say hey i'm calling with regards to this property in sandringham road is it still available um yeah wow. are you a student because this is a student property um no i'm not a student i'm calling to see if the owner will be interested in a long-term company let um maybe we we'll have to go and speak to the owner and then uh, we'll call you back guess what they never call you back okay yeah. fantastic is it possible to have your email address so i can send you a template of who we are and what we do go and speak to the landlord and then uh, i'll call you back at what four o'clock tonight great now you've booked in the call um you've got to know the benefits on there so it's long-term guaranteed rent what problem can you solve 
for the owner and for the agent. Forget what you want. Find out the problem, solve it. And then if you're going direct to vendor, a lot of the time it will be, look, I don't care how much rent you're going to give me. Okay, I don't know. I haven't viewed it. Or if you go, because everybody knows that on a company let, you have to offer less because you need to make the money, right? Yeah. But then you're guaranteeing the rent. So you know that you're offering less. If it's up for 1700 and you say, uh, 1200 they go, mate, don't call me again. Put the phone down. So <laughs> we always say this is, so how much rent are you going to give me? How much? That's all I'll care about. Say, uh, it's really hard for me to give you an exact figure over the phone because we go by room sizes, what the property looks like. So I'd love to come around and view the property first. Um, and then once I've viewed the property, I'd make you an offer. And if both parties feel fair exchange, then we'll come to a deal. Sound fair enough? And then straight away, they will literally say, yeah, sounds fair enough, Paul. Great. When can I come around? And yeah. that, that thing at the end, that sound fair enough? You have to say it in that tonality and nobody, but nobody on planet earth, when somebody says to you, does sound fair enough? They go, no, it doesn't. It just doesn't <laughs> happen. So how much rent are you going to give me? It's really hard for me to give you an exact figure over the phone. We'd love to come around and view the property first because we go by room sizes, what the property looks like. Um, so we, we can book a viewing in. Um, and then after the viewing, I'll give you a proposal via email. And if both parties feel fair exchange, then we'll come to a deal. Does that sound fair enough? Sounds fair enough, Paul. Great. When can I come around? Boom, you're in there. And then one massive thing is that if you do meet the owner directly as well, they don't know you. You don't know them. They're probably a bit wary. They're, they're thinking that who's this guy is going to come run and scam me guaranteed rent. What is this? What joke is this? So you have to imagine that there's a see-through door between you and them and you, it's your job to get that door open. So then how are you going to do that? You can't go in and say like, what's your problem? How can I solve it? It sounds Larry, but what's your problem, mate? <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> so you can't, you can't just go in there. So then once you're there, you've done the whole, the bullshit, like, yeah, how, how is the weather, COVID, Brexit, blah, 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 the little small talk. And then say politely, do you mind if I ask you a few questions so I can tailor make our product to help solve your needs best? You're asking them if it's okay. You're going to get permission to ask them. Yeah, that's fine, Paul. Great. Have you been using it as a student house? How long have you been using it as a student house? And then they're going to say, we've been doing it the last three years. However, they keep smashing the place up. Um, it costs us five grand in refurb every month. And we're sick of the voids every 10 months. Great. Now you know their problem. Guess what you're going to do? Solve it. We don't use students. We use professional working tenants. We're going to guarantee you the rent. And then you're solving their problem. And then all of a sudden you become their problem solver. Come away. Make the offer. Job done. There you go. Perfect. There's the there you go. Paul Wilkinson, everybody. Yeah. Look at that. It's easy <laughs> that as that. Was, that was non-prepared. That was completely spontaneous. So well done, mate. What, what, a, what a rant. I love it. Yeah, yeah um, well, I, literally, that's what I teach people to do and say, and it's worked yeah. over and over again. So why change it? Yeah, exactly right, mate. And I, no, I appreciate you going through all of that. So let's talk a bit about um, the risks, the rewards, the pros and cons um, of this strategy the rent to rent strategy cool so let's start with the risk the negative so i get a lot of people that ask me is is it guaranteed so even if you're doing rent service accommodation uh you'll probably get around 600 pound a month 
uh, 75% occupancy first thing is that guaranteed and then they always say no nothing in property is guaranteed so in any if you've got a HMO or buy to let you're only going to make money if you filled it so if you don't fill your rooms you don't fill your house you don't get guests checking in and out you're not going to make money whether you own it or it's rent to rent so the first risk is if you don't fill it if you've not done your due diligence on the area and that's the main risk is that you're not going to be able to afford either your mortgage or, or paying the land i think people sometimes forget you know i speak to a lot of property investors and a lot of people want to be that anonymous landlord don't they in the and i wasn't name dropping the podcast there it's kind of a terminology <laughs> for me but a lot of people want to be that anonymous landlord where they've got a hundred grand, they invest it in property and then they sit back and just go, right, that is risk-free. That's going to make me profit now, guaranteed forever, no problems. But it's still an investment. You can yeah. invest in Apple and lose money. You can invest yeah. in Amazon and I'm currently down on Amazon shares, so I know this firsthand. But, but the point is, you're absolutely right. It's still an investment. There is a risk. Yeah, if there wasn't a risk, everybody would be doing it. True. So that, that's the main risk, is, in my opinion, is filling it. Yeah, it might burn down or something, but that's not really going to happen too often, I would have thought. Um, uh, another a risk could be that, especially in rent to rent, that if you're not taught correctly, you might not be hitting the standard you have to, or you might not be giving the tenant that's checking in everything you're supposed to do. And then all of a sudden, you can't evict them. So that could be a risk as well that all of a sudden the landlord might want his property back and you can't get anyone out. And yeah. that's their right to actually stay in there because you haven't done what you're supposed to do. Um, what else could you have as, as a risk? Um, over offering too much rent, uh, didn't do the price of the refurb correctly, um, dodgy tradesmen. So there's a lot of things that can go wrong, yeah. but it's, it's business isn't it that's entrepreneur if you don't want the risk don't go and go and get nine to five yeah so what's the reward not a lot no um <laughs> <laughs> this is an for, anti-rent to rent podcast really yeah <laughs> yeah so for me first and foremost is like i say it's fast it's it's not it's not easy or should I say, it's easy to get into and do it right, but it's not simple. But as long as you follow the steps that you're supposed to follow, you can build cash flowing properties that you do not own. So you're controlling someone else's asset and you can do it fast and you can do it with low money or no money. Um, so if you are starting out or you wanted to build up a side income for a pension for your grandkids, I don't know. But if you want to do that, then you can because you're not actually buying anything. So it's a super cool way. And I didn't even know it existed until I started educating myself and paying for education. Um, and the first thing I saw when I saw Rent to Rent always explain, I generally thought, like, what is this bollocks? But the more you learn and then it's just created the lifestyle that I've got. And I've traveled first class. Um, I quit my job after three deals. I'm now sat in a nice office in Port Solon. Um, I've got people that work for me. It's rent to rent changed my life. And it can lead on to bigger things. Like, um, I, like you know that I was trying to get that, that property in Sandringham Road on a purchase lease option. And I know that the owner was interested. 
because it was up for sale and for rent. Um, and I, I've now had people coming to me for advice. So I started training people. Um, I started selling deals on their own. And now we've got a, a, a high ticket um, whereby you invest, we do the rest. So somebody can come to me and say, right, find me a deal, set it up and get it managed. And they'll pay me. And that's an upfront payment of like quite, well, the decent money that I'd considered decent three years ago, considering I did wasn't doing anything. So it can go on to different things, talking onto podcasts, like building your personal brand, using social media. And all of that started with just trying to get out my job, really, via rent to rent. So, yeah, it can lead on to so many things, um, relationships. So I think it's fantastic, but you do have to put a lot of effort in. By the way, the owner of that house that you're talking about, um, just to catch everybody up, um, I first heard of Paul because he made an offer on one of my uh, Pink Street letting agents, one of our properties. Um, it was a fair offer. I actually looked at it myself because the owner listens to this podcast. And nice. I, I had a look at the offer myself and I said to the owner, you should take this offer. I think you offered a, a lease purchase option. And yeah. It was exactly a very fair that. one. Yeah, I thought so. Hopefully it comes back around. So, yeah, there you go. If it does, please contact me first. Yes. Well, that, that was it. And, and, and really what would have happened there is the owner, their pain point was that they weren't getting any income from that property. And the second pain point was that they wanted eventually to exit from that property and reinvest the money. Um, someone's calling you, I guess, because you've just gone off. There you go. Yeah, I'm back. Yeah, so they wanted to exit from that property and reinvest the money. And you solved both of those pain points with a good offer. Um, and I did say to him at that time, you should take that offer. It's a really good offer. It does what you need it to do. Mm -hmm. um, but we'll see. We'll find out about that. Yeah. So let's um, just quickly wrapping up the risks and rewards what steps can you or a beginner property investor take to protect yourself from that risk? First and foremost, I always come back to it is get good education first. Um, it's great listening to podcasts, audiobooks, books, YouTube. However, people are not going to give everything away for free. Why would they? They've, they've paid for it. They've paid to learn it. They've, put time and effort every single day into what they do so you have to know the legislations to start to sign up to otherwise you straight away you're running an illegal business so you have to do that and the only way you're going to be able to do that is learn so in my my experience is um again I, i'm not going to name drop him again but when something's free it's worth every penny so you're not, it's not going to be the best. So yeah, education for me is number one. And then number two is follow it to the T. So if you get taught something, don't just ignore it and then go and do something different. And it, it sounds funny, but I know people that have done it. I do too. Um, and yeah, so if you do, do those things at the start, I think you're creating a great foundation and then just, just persevere with it. And to be honest, there's not that much risk in the, the doing the rent to rent strategy. If, if you get taught well, you do your due diligence, you, you do the best you can. And if you're 80% sure, because you can never be 100%, if you're around 80, 85% sure, then just pull the trigger. 
Otherwise, you're never going to change. You can't, you can't solve a problem by being the person you were yesterday. So education again and learning and just expanding your knowledge. Um, you can just become better and better in what you want to do. So, yeah, and the only way you're going yeah. to do that is by seeking out help. Yeah, and, and you know what? This goes the same way for landlords as well. You know, if, if, if landlords are sitting on properties that they're struggling to fill up and they're not having a great time with income, this does solve a problem for, for those people. But as we said at the beginning, there might be a bit of a, a stereotype or a stigma around company lets or rent to rent. So I know that to be true for sure. Yeah. And it's just got to, it's just, I think from a landlord's perspective, it's just got to work for you. It's got to achieve your goal and then it can achieve the, the rent to renters goal and everybody's happy. A hundred percent. And then if, if they don't want to do it, if they are looking for full rent, then fine company, let's not for you. Yeah. Just thank you so much. Do you have anyone else on your books that can potentially yeah. want this? So that'll be the next question on it. And one thing I'd say as well is that the only thing that is constant in change in property is change and i'm talking about smoke alarms fire doors and stuff like that that even during covid is so hard to keep up with okay so how many how much notice does the tenant have to have now if you give them section 21 it's like was two then three then six months you're like well i don't know what's going on but that's one thing that the only thing that is constant is change and it's important to try and keep up the best way you can because otherwise you could fall over and i guess that could be another risk yeah absolutely full on so so you do a lot of training for people as well don't you and in a second i'm gonna get your let's let's actually give it your top tips for anybody who wants to start property investing in rent to rent or any other property investments that you might be able to think of but before we go through that let's just find out i just want to find out what training you provide and how people can contact you if they want to um, so we used to do like one-to-one personal training, however, taking up too much of my time and it was great while it, while it lasted. But now we're offering a product whereby somebody can come to me and say, look, I want to start building a, a, a company let portfolio or, or, or whether it's serviced accommodation or whether it's rent to rent HMO. And, but they don't want to get involved in sourcing it because a lot of people that they don't understand is when you're trying to source it, it is so time consuming. You're yeah. going to hear the word no over and over and over again. And it can, you could do it for a week and think, you know what? I'm not doing that anymore. I quit. And that's what a lot of people do. So we can do that for you. We can find the property for you. Um, if it's service accommodations, um, we can go in there and we decorate it for you. We'll furnish it for you. We'll get professional photos for you. we can get it managed for you so if you're an investor and you want to build um uh controlling someone else's asset based income or portfolio like we have then all you have to do is invest in us and then we will literally do everything else for you so it's like hands off and that's not really for a new starter unless you've got that 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 pot of money that you want to use so um, we're really targeting people that are maybe, I don't know, 40, 40 plus. Um, you want to you wanna build up a side income for your pension or put your grandkids through decent schooling. I don't know. Everybody's slightly different. However, you can come to us, 
give us the money so invest in us and we'll do the rest you invest we do the rest and that's what we're doing now and um you can go on my profile now on facebook and you can see our latest one that we did in cambridge like the property is insane we've done a fantastic job and his name's david he's 64 and he wants to build up an income fast so that's what he did okay great so contacting you through facebook is probably your best route yeah facebook um if you've got my number call me but yeah facebook messenger i'll always reply i do get quite a lot of messages now um of everybody wanting something for nothing <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> like I'm, like I'm, podcast interviews right <laughs> yeah i actually enjoyed that but I, I i i do love videos like there's so much content that's free on my on my facebook that i'm giving out for nothing so even if you just want to go on there just to learn more you can do that and it goes back three years so there's a lot on there but yeah facebook message is the best place to try and get in touch with me especially if you want to work with me and then that's great and then we'll have a video call so we don't work with everybody if we feel that it's not i like it to click i don't i don't just want to take take people's money just because it's easy for me to do um i, I want to build that relationship and we've done that with a lot of our clients and again they just come back to us over and over again so it's, it's worked out like that good win-win that's that's what everybody needs to go for i think james khan said that in his book which no doubt you've listened to i actually uh, haven't no but yeah i can imagine him saying it yeah it's a really good one um okay perfect so look let's finish up by getting from you directly from the man himself paul wilkinson how can somebody what's your advice for somebody who wants to who's listened to this and they've said to themselves hmm you know what I want to get into this what is Paul Wilkinson's advice for that person number one what why why do you want to get into it so what do you want to get out of it are you looking to quit your job are you looking to put food on the table are you looking for more time with your kids what do you want and it seems like a simple question but loads of people can't answer it so Find out exactly what you want and then you want to see, OK, I would say, right, this is what I want. So what do I need? So I need 5K a month to quit my job, 10K a month to quit my job. Great. So what's the best strategy that I can get into that will get me there the quickest and the cheapest? Cool. Then get educated in that strategy. If you want to then do it yourself. Great. Go ahead and do it yourself, but be prepared to put in the time. If you want to outsource it, find somebody to, that can do it all for you and that that's exactly what what i did at the start so that's the only way that i can advise people is yeah find out exactly what you want why you want it how you're going to do it get educated in it then roll with it that's it and then you scale it if you want to some people just want one or two but then if you want it to be your full-time business and go on to different things then you're going to need probably more cash more time and definitely more relationships. Love it. Thank you very much. So look, it's been a pleasure, Paul, and I'll wrap it up there. Um, any finishing words, any parting gifts you want to give anybody? Gift? I didn't think about that, giving something away. Um, <laughs> can't think of anything. On yeah, the spot just, now. No, yeah, definitely on the spot. <laughs> yeah, if, if anybody wants to get in touch, if you want to work, then just give me a message and... Uh, um, we'll see what we can do. Not just people that want training and stuff like that, but agents, landlords, if you want your house managed, let me know. Perfect. Um, so that's it. Hope everybody enjoyed that. 
packed interview with Paul Wilkinson. Well, they're not really interviews, are they? They're discussions no. where loads of information and advice and tips are thrown in there. But yeah. But, uh, I would personally say thank you ever so much for that. Loads of really good advice, really good information, very articulately presented as well, if that's the way to say it. Yeah, which is strange. It's very hard. Like All of that was off the cuff. I had no idea what you were going to ask me. So, yeah, there you go. I think that's the best way. And then we we really get to know you and we we get, you know, there's no bullshit, pre-prepared bullshit, is there, you know? Yeah, I'm big on that. I love no bullshit. I was going to do a podcast called No Bullshit Business. Good. You should do. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I did get trained in that, but I didn't do anything with it. So yeah, you once go. you start podcasting, it's difficult to stop. Yeah. It is good fun. And I think I think what it is for me is the is, you know, you get to speak to other people because other people want to come on and share their knowledge and share their advice. So mm-hmm. I learn. And I love learning. I'm the same as you, mate. I mean, I go for I went for a run this morning and I had a, an audio book about forensic accounting. I'm such a geek. And yeah. yesterday it was um, uh, I can't remember what it was yesterday. But anyway, do you know what I mean? You, you, you learn the things that you want to do. You can't do the things if you haven't learned how to do them. So no. And like you don't get taught it in school, do you? And then if, if you this, this podcast, by the sounds of it, if you're getting these people on there that you've mentioned previously, that that's immense. People will pay big money for an hour of these people's time that you're getting on here for, for free. Yeah, I mean, I've had quite a few. I mean, I even had uh, Samuel Leeds on here. Um and funnily enough, yeah. that was my most listened to podcast. But I think that was probably for more controversial reasons. Than yeah, mass- massively controversial. <laughs> like that guy. Wow. The stories he must be able to tell. And uh, one thing I must say about him is his mindset and his mental strength with some of the controversial stuff that he must have been through must be elite level strong. Yeah. He, Keep persevering. Um, he comes across like that, actually. And look, people can love him. They can hate him. I, won't, I don't really have an, an opinion on the controversial yeah. stuff. But, you know, the fact is, you're absolutely right. He does know his shit. And he is very strong-minded. He's very passionate about what he does. And you also can't deny that he's also created success in people as well. So, Yeah, um, 100%. Well, it's been an honour to even be on a podcast with these people in it, like, you know, like imposter syndrome. <laughs> oh, I get it all yeah. the time, mate. I get it all the time. Yeah. Um, Thanks so much for letting me come on. It's been amazing. You are welcome. Absolute pleasure. So that was Paul Wilkinson. And uh, thank you very much for listening. And again, this is one more thing, isn't it? Because as I always say on these podcasts, if you're going to be the best version of yourself in one thing, and today it's rent to rent, then you've got to be the best version of yourself at absolutely everything you do. Because one thing is everything. My name's Tom Sone. That's Paul Wilkinson. And this is The Anonymous Landlord. Thank you for joining me. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast. But before you go to the next episode, I really want to hear from you. Just search Tom Sone on any social media or just email me tom at pinkstreet.co.uk. I'd love to know your thoughts on this episode. And if you need any help with your own situation, just get in touch. I'll answer every email and every message, I promise. Anyway, see you in the next podcast. And remember, being a landlord is hard. Being an anonymous landlord is easy. Invest, enjoy, repeat, 
and grow.